record. This podcast has been brought to you by the Employee Advice Service of Community College Yorkshire with the assistance of ShareGift. My name is Bob Owen and I'm accompanied by Jane Hudson and together we are the HR Advisors for the Employment Advice Service. In these uncertain times, we are going to discuss the best practice approaches for a redundancy process, which is a very real concern for many employers. As we approach the end of furlough support in October, and our economic pressures, reductions in employment, recessionary conditions in the UK due to the social impacts of the coronavirus, COVID-19. Dane, these are a very challenging time for all. Where do we start when extremely potential redundancies? We can consider the definition of redundancy to guide our business case. The job is as cease or is about to cease, or to miss or about to miss, or to be moved in location. We should also remember that it is a job that becomes redundant. An employee may be considered for dismissal from their role to their role becoming redundant. I suppose the first step is to find a plan and seek professional advice. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, before you even start considering that process, definitely get some HR help or support. Um, but before you even do that, there are some options which an organisation could consider. Um, so, for example, things like putting a freeze on recruitment, maybe temporary laying off staff if there's a clause in the contract which enables you to do that, or um, speaking to staff about maybe reducing their contracted hours or their pay um, you know you may find that if there's a threat of redundancy on the horizon that your um, teams would rather take a reduction in hours um, and still be able to work than having no job at all so there are other things that we would always say consider um, because redundancy should be the last option basically yeah so, you know, if you've exhausted or, or considered those other options and you still need to make some cuts, then sadly, yes, it is starting the redundancy process. But as you said, you need to have a plan in, in place and it must be fair and considered. Um, I mean, and that plan will involve developing the selection pools, selection criteria. Um, and then really, once you've got that in place, it would be starting the consultation. How many consultation um, meetings, Bob, would you have? Well, I suppose the guardian one is first, it is a legal right for the employees who mm. have consultation and a lot of obligation on the employer to consult. And ACAS put forward a minimum two consultation meetings. It can be more. I know we have three, I find it useful. Um, but I'd say minimum is two uh, within that. The other thing that ACAS do point out is that under 20 employees, the period of time before the first reason to take effect is 30 days. Now, sometimes it will be shortened that, but we try to aim for 30 from the 20, although there is no guideline, uh, as was said. Above that, different uh, numbers, so you have to look those up when you come to it. To over 20, over 100, it's 30 days. Above 100 plus, it's 45 days. So again, they're all details that you need to get advice on when it comes to considering redundancy. 
Um, the contemplation process ends when the employer determines, and this is a two-way constructed discussion where the principal reason can be explained and explored and ideas to avoid redundancy, as you said, Dane, can be um, considered. Um, any suggestions put forward can be adopted, don't, don't have to be. At least the employer has had the chance to put their point of view forward within that. Unfortunately, if you can't come up with an alternative to redundancy, they must consider the next stage, which is dismissal. Dane, how would you approach that um, dismissal process? Well, that would be my third consultation meeting with um, the affected um, employee. And what I would do um, beforehand is calculate the person's redundancy package. So what redundancy they're entitled to. Um, you know, remember, only employees with over two years service actually are entitled to redundancy pay. Um, the government website is has got a calculator to calculate that for you. It's really straightforward, really easy to use. So make sure you've got a copy of that, which you would take to the meeting. Um, make sure you've looked in the employee's contract to see what notice periods they're on. And so in that meeting, you would then explain that there is no alternatives. Sadly, the post is becoming redundant, but you would discuss their notice period, what payments, if they're eligible for, um, calculate any outstanding sorry, monies um, and um, holiday, which they'll be paid for. And then obviously they do have a right of appeal. So you would explain that to them as well. Make sure you follow this up the next day with a letter, a dismissal letter confirming everything. Um, and that is an actual legal requirement. So an employer must send that letter. Yeah, oh, very much so, Rachel. One of the key things there is you follow your own policy and contractual obligations, isn't it? Yeah. So I rely on that. And also ACAS have very good guidelines in terms of the dismissal process. Now, it's a soft dismissal, but um, obviously we mentioned the fact that the employer to get to get notice. Do they have to work that or can they be paid in lieu? It's entirely up to you and, and what their contract says as well um, if you've got people who are currently on furlough then i would suggest you just keep them on furlough until their notice runs out if the person is back at work um, and is happy to continue working their notice then absolutely let them work you know if their notice is four weeks then let them work that four weeks and um, people may be feeling slightly disheartened because they know they're going um, or you could pay somebody but it's payment in lieu I mean that depends on what your contract says but um, you know you may have some work, some work for them to finish um, because it's a transition period isn't it really so it's, it's what your contract says but it's also what you agree yourself and the employee really oh yeah very much so very much so can staff go to interview during that notice period? Yeah, you've got an obligation as an employer to let them go for interviews, um, training, etc. And we'd always say as well, you know, offer help with CVs or application forms. Um, you know, it, it's a very difficult situation for everybody. So as an employer, if you can do everything you can to support that member of staff, then that, that's great. And obviously think about references for them as well. That's another thing. 
Oh, very much so, very much so. I suppose it's remembered in, in the planning that the staff who are main as well, their morale, their friends, their colleagues are going, so they're yep. down. Probably feeling guilt, they are staying, and obviously looking forward, they've got a heavy workload as well to think about. So that's what's been the planning process. And I'll say, handled in the right way, it can make a big difference to how staff reacts, potentially avoid litigation, it can be expensive, and support the role of staff that are remaining. So again, all in the planning process. Yeah. Think to what you say and what we discussed. I think uh, we said that basically consider the approaches to avoid pregnancy first with the plan. Um, consult the staff affected, obviously, legal right with mentions. Select staff fairly and dismiss staff fairly and plan for notice periods. Calculate accurate payments in the final uh, end and support staff leaving and remaining plans for the future going forward. Okay, um, if you need any more help from this podcast, contact myself or Jane directly on employer.advice at communityfirstyorkshire.org.uk. Thank you for listening to this podcast.